Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. We are live. We are at it again with the adultgamer.com community podcast. And I am Fenrir765, and I'm joined by the illustrious man he is, Optimus. What's happening, Finn? How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Doing doing very well. I uh, I'm coming to now, recording now from my basement. It is now. Oh, yeah. the new basement with your nice new Samsung QLED TV and your Series X. Yep, it's uh. It, Have it, you gamed on that setup yet? Uh, you know, I am ashamed to say that I have only booted up like one game and that's Ori in the Will of the Wisp just because I had to see the HDR gloriousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I haven't played much on it yet. It's been it's been very busy. Um Yeah. There's still some final like final touches I have to do. I have to do a couple of, like touch ups with paint and things, but I am down here full time for movies and things. I've watched a few movies on it and I've enjoyed it. So well, because you can watch a movie while you do other things. That's very <laughs> like true. Finish working on the basement, right? That is true. So yeah, here we are. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy. So it's I'm, turned I'm out really actually great. Um, between your basement project and Fireman getting that new gaming chair. I'm thinking about upgrading my seating. I, I was looking for ideally like a love seat theater chair combo thing so far i haven't found anything but i may try this uh, i'm gonna look around at some places because um that would be just fun to have in here in my little man cave i don't have a basement but my little man cave uh it's like a side room on the master bedroom mm-hmm. it's like a step down it used to be a porch but it's all like insulated and set up and that's my man cave where where my computer is and my gaming setup with my Samsung QLED TV and my piles and piles of Blu-rays and 4K discs. Well, and then also I keep kettlebells handy here so I can swing kettlebells while I watch movies. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, that's something that will be added soon. Some uh, kettlebells and things to, to do things like while watching movies, you know. But yeah. No, it, it's definitely exciting. I can't wait to really boot up some games and and get going because there's some there's some games that I know I have to try now in 4K and and HDR and all that goodness that just will pour over my body as I play. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, things are well. Things are good. There's lots going on in the world of video games right now, and uh, let's uh, let's just kind of get into it. What's uh, what have you been playing, Hop? Um, let's see. Uh, I'll go kind of out of order. Um, I finished the Black Ops 3 campaign co-op with Duke. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I really like that. I'm definitely going to be putting that together. Uh, I want to do a project for my podcast, RFC, with that, but it, I may wait till I can get a special guest on. I can't say anything more about that at this time. Um, I also picked up, there's a shoot 'em up that was on the store in the new games, and I had seen it uh, reviewed on YouTube by some shoot 'em up gamers. It's called Crisis Wing. It was like under $10. It's basically a modernized but clone of Truxton from the old Sega Genesis, which I love. And it's just as balls hard as that game, too. <laughs> like, I've gotten to where I can get to stage three pretty easy, and then it just gets insane. But I'm loving it. Um, been playing lots of. 
Black Ops Cold War still. Lots of mix of PvP and zombies. The Castlevania Advance Collection dropped the day after Nintendo had that direct, and I couldn't resist getting that. I I love all four of those games, really. It comes with um, four games. You get Castlevania Circle of the Moon, which was the first GBA Castlevania, which is a Metroidvania. You get Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. That's the one I'm actually playing right now. Uh, that one, Igarashi came back to produce... Um, it's both great and not great at the same time. Like it has a lot of cool things in it, but then the castle's really kind of confusing at times. And then it's got um, Aria of Sorrow, which was one of the highest rated Metroidvania games that Igarashi did. And then bonus game, it has the Super Nintendo port of Castlevania Dracula X, which was a completely different game than the PC Engine Dracula X. They kind of took some assets from that but made a different game. It's still fun and it still play. It plays like an old traditional Castlevania platformer, not a Metroidvania. Anyway, that collection is worth... If you're a Castlevania fan, you get three Metroidvanias and one traditional game for 20 bucks. And those GBA carts right now go for a pretty penny. I think you would probably pay 150 if you wanted to get all four of those games in actual physical form. So... Uh, the digital version for $20 is a steal. Then, I got to play this little game. You might have heard of it. It's called Halo Infinite. Uh, oh, we yeah. got to play some big times. team battle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we got to play some big team battle, which was really cool. I'm I'm enjoying the game. You know, I played a little bit here and there. I wasn't... Re- I like it, but I wasn't really... Like, I didn't feel the need to play a whole bunch of it because we only got to play the one map. Now, I'm for the game at this point I, I was cool i'm glad of what i got to play uh i hope they tweak the weapon balance a little bit i still miss the boost and the ground pound from halo 5 but well i gotta live with it now i do like the grapple shot i wish i could just have that permanently that's the only power up i kind of like i don't really like any of the other ones yet we'll see that may change as we play the game more what have you been playing finn uh you know i dumped into the big team battle with you as well uh i had a lot of fun Enjoyed it immensely. Uh, Fragmentation was such a cool map. I think they did that really, really well. And I can't wait to see what other big team battle maps and game modes and things that come out with it. So uh, I think I think my appetite has been uh, satisfied for now until possibly when Halo Infinite comes out. Like I, I'm obviously craving more, but I don't. I'm I'm re- no, I'm good. I just want yeah. the game now. I can wait. That's it. I don't need that's to play exactly. it anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I played that with uh many people. Uh still working on Aragami 2. Uh enjoying the stealthness of that game. I like to challenge myself and make it a little harder. And then I uh, got a couple rounds of Knockout City in with Warlock and uh, his crew that he's been running with on that on a regular basis. We played the superhero mode where everybody had different abilities and to kind of make yourself a little bit more powerful. And that was actually really, really fun. And still uh, dying a lot in PUBG with uh, Hybrid Havoc and Noble Matt. So uh, if you are interested in PUBG at all, hybrid and noble have matt have been doing some really good uh streams lately with PUBG and showing off the fun that that game could be had if you were actually probably really good at it (laughs) so um it's definitely uh been fun joining up with them with that so 
Anyways, let's move on to some news proper. It's uh, It's been kind of a busy few weeks, lots of things going on, uh, and I've just kind of pulled some things that really have come to light over the last couple weeks. Uh, first and foremost that I pulled up, did you ever play Oxenfree? Um, no. Okay, it was kind of like a side-scroller uh, adventure-style game. Um that you kind of invest, you play these teenagers on this island and you kind of investigate this mystery that kind of takes place. And it's a really interesting game. Uh, I really liked it a lot. But the developer who made it is called Night School and they were just bought by Netflix, of all people. Netflix is starting to really get into the games industry. And they, like I said, they purchased this uh, Night School studio to make games for them and i imagine oxen free 2 will still come out on all the other platforms but eventually netflix will probably have their own maybe cloud streaming type thing like they got going on i guess they're yeah probably they're, they, they have, have like um they have a couple of interactive like my kids like to play that minecraft story yeah. mode which is like a choose your own adventure minecraft thing yeah, on there they've done that and a couple other choose your own adventure things but they are apparently also have like mobile games coming out that are mainly in for your Android devices that you can find in a games tab that, but this right now is only available in Spain, Italy, and Poland. And I'm getting this information from the, an IGN article. So there's, they're already kind of on their way with it. So that's going to be interesting to see if Netflix kind of enters this foray in any big way or if they'll just kind of stay with more cinematic or um adventure slash story driven games rather than like an action you know shooter or whatever style game that doesn't really lend to netflix's current medium which is obviously movies and tv shows so Oh man! Next up, uh, I thought this was really cool, but I had to stop reading the article about it. And that was the Rosario Dawson is going to be in Die Light Two, and she has a pretty prominent character from what it sounds like. Uh, I oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, I really like her. I think she's a fantastic actress. I love almost everything she's been in that I've seen. Uh, most recently, of the Mandalorian fame. Yeah, I am my daughter's favorite character, Ahsoka Tano. Soon to be her own show, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be really cool to see what she does in it. And, you know, Techland, they're a pretty uh, decent studio, and they've done some good stuff. So it's kind of cool that they were able to pull in a big name. Maybe there's more. We don't know yet. I really like the first Dying Light, so yeah. Oh, that was great. So, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that. This one I thought was really interesting. It kind of came in a mix of news. So Konami, that studio. Yeah, that- I saw this story too. I think this is genius that they're yeah they're having indie developers make remakes or games inspired by their classic franchises. Uh, I think this is genius because obviously that most of the serious talent left Konami a long time ago and they've just kind of been sitting on their asses mm-hmm. not doing anything um there's this story about this and the the gradius is and twin b and goemon they're talking about but also there's another story that popped out they've got another team that's going to be doing a metal gear solid uh remake of mgs3 and a lot of people are asking why they're starting with three 
MGS3 chronologically takes place before MGS1, so maybe that's why. Maybe they're trying to clean up the narrative. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's also uh, another article that Konami is actually going to be reviving the Castlevania series finally. And possibly so, yeah. Silent Hill. So Right? Yeah. Uh, if you say Silent Hill three times, McSwitch will show up. Silent Hill, Silent Hill, Silent Hill. We'll put that to a th- that theory to test. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, yeah, so Konami's actually seems like they're starting to do stuff again. So hopefully this pans out. And I, I think the, uh, this contest thing that they're doing for their, like, those, like, Gradius and uh, Gomon. And Twin B. Yeah. Those franchises are obviously, they're, like, more lesser known or not as widely popular. Whoa. Well, whoa. Okay. You know I what I mean? I grew up on those games, son. I'm talking about like, you know, that's before Metal Gear took over. Far reaching as they are today. Anyways, there it's a contest, so they get to kind of yeah. submit their ideas and their collaboration will eventually be selected to collaborate with Konami on the actual final game, which is cool. Uh next up for me, I saw this article again uh you know, I, I got it from IGN, but they got it from some other people. But they talked about uh, the developer from Friday the 13th, which is that, like, 1v4 style game. Right. They are supposedly working on a Ghostbuster game. And I love the Ghostbusters. I think that's such a cool franchise. And I am kind of bummed it's been there hasn't really been a great Ghostbuster game, at least for a while now. So it was just a in mention kind of interview on the Quest Love Supreme music podcast. Uh, he just said Friday the 13th is the last one in Predator and we're working on Ghostbusters right now. And that's kind of what he said and then left it at that and just kept going. So that was the uh, co-founder of the studio, Elphonic. So, yeah, I was just like, please be true. Please be true. Please be true. <laughs> so we'll see. It may never happen, and this story may die, and we'll never hear of it again. This one I kind of thought was interesting. Capcom, I guess, is kind of focusing more on PC gaming in the future. Uh, they kind of, the COO, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he talked about how they have noticed that PC was and smartphones are really the big thing right now. And well, there's probably a bigger overall installed user base. I, I, uh, you know, logically right as it stands right now, since the, the PS five and the series X are basically running on almost the same hardware that most PCs on, Uh it would probably be smart to develop for PC first and then pare down for the consoles. Then, like focusing on and for that same reason that the user the installed user base is huge on PC. I mean look at all the true. people that are on Steam. So I, I can't fault them at all for thinking this way at all. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I I I just think it kinda sucks, right? Not that I've really played a lot of Capcom games recently, so maybe this isn't for me. Uh so in the end, it's just like, man, that kind of sucks. They've been pretty predominant in this world of, you know, consoles and 
Well, they had a, they had, they had, they've had their ups and downs. They're starting to come back a little bit. Resident Evil Seven was really good. Resident Evil Eight's really good. Um, the newest Monster Hunter games have been good, but like the newest Street Fighter games, not as good. No. Like they've had a couple stumbles. They were, they were kind of in the hole there for a little bit. Resident Evil Six wasn't as good as they'd like, but they came back with Seven. I love Seven. I'm still waiting for Eight to go on sale. It hasn't gone on sale yet because people are still paying full price for it out the roof, I guess. Yeah. Well, and this last story I pulled out, I think is interesting, and I really wish that this would just come back. I kind of wish it would come back in the uh, version of the demo disc, but it sounds mm. like PlayStation 5 is or Sony is testing free game trials on PS5, and they're starting with Death Stranding, Director's Cut, and Sackboy Big Adventure. So I kind of miss these days, right? I miss these days of being able to say, I want to try this game out and figure out if it's for me or not for me before I purchase it or you know, getting the game demo disc in the magazine. I don't know why like they that. don't just have like an option on the Xbox store where you could rent a, you could install and rent a game for the weekend for like five or 10 bucks to see if you really like it. And then if you want to buy it, they can apply that rental price to the game. Right. Well, or Would maybe, that make a lot of sense? <laughs> or maybe not necessarily like for a whole weekend, but you can get maybe a certain number of hours you know well okay yeah right that's what i'm saying i mean maybe like yeah. what i don't know what it costs to rent a movie at redbox or you know most of the movie rentals movie rentals now are kind of up maybe game rentals need to be more because you can rent a movie a digital hd is four or five dollars for for a 24-hour period so a game would probably be double that you know maybe. if i could do that i'd probably never buy a call of duty game again <laughs> just play the campaign <laughs> Knock that out, bang that thing out in a weekend, and gone. Right? I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know. Anyways, so that was kind of it for me. I know you kind of highlighted some things I just kind of dropped today a little bit. You left one. You left one more. You got one more down here at the bottom because I didn't add that one. Oh, the the battlefield beta. I was going to talk about that in a moment, but yeah, the battlefield beta uh, will open up this week, right? Um. And you I get guess to you can install it right now. Yep. It actually opens up at uh, 3 a.m. Eastern. Yes. It uh, tomorrow, te- technically tomorrow, uh, yep. midnight here on the West Coast. And we're recording on Tuesday, so by the time this episode posts, it will already be live. Uh, but yeah, you can download it and uh, jump into it. It goes through the weekend, I believe, and you get to have fun. Now, there are some caveats with it if you're playing on series x or playstation 5 you can cross play with those people not series x but series x and s and the playstation 5 can cross play with each other but xbox one and playstation 4 can cross play cross play with each other just because of the player limits right there's more there's more overall players allowed on the next gen machines Mm -hmm. or current gen machines than the last gen machines yeah yeah, i mean that makes sense it makes perfect sense i know it's just like there's several people who who are bummed by it and i understand why they're bummed but it it is what it is and hopefully you can though if you if you all of your friends are on Xbox One and you have the Series X, you can install the Xbox One version can on you? your Series X. Yes. Oh, and okay. play with your friends. Yeah. But you won't be you able don't... to take advantage of all those right. high, beautiful ray will... tracing goodness. Right. Ah, uh, 
very probably the ray tracing is probably very minimal. We'll see when Digital Foundry does a breakdown. Uh, I'm excited. This install should happen tonight. It should go live tomorrow. The final season for Black Ops Cold War season six. We finally get Mason. We get the final round based zombies map with story progression, some other new characters, some new weapons, some new PVP. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it looks like Treyarch's having a ton of fun with this. I'm sad that this is the last one because I'm not really I'm not really interested in Vanguard. So, so I'll be playing this one for quite a while, even after this season's done. The other one that came out of nowhere, and when I saw this, I, I said this, I want to say like four years ago. Uh, Ghost Recon is coming out with a Battle Royale type game. Um Ghost Recon Frontline. It's going to be a free-to-play. I'm assuming they're going to have some sort of microtransaction battle pass. Hold up. <laughs> Set up. Um, Bless you. That's going to fund this. Uh, but it looks like they've got, even though it's on the newer um, Ghost Recon engines, it looks like it's first person and not third person. Yep. And it's, it's squads of three. Yeah, so uh, that gave me good old memories of playing the old school Ghost Recons on the original Xbox or Graw on the uh, mm-hmm. 360. So I'm kind of excited to check this out. I, I actually signed up for the beta test thing. Um, if you go to, uh, if you watch the video or anything, there'll be a link to go to their site where you can register. So if you're interested in a Ghost Recon Battle Royale, check that out. Yeah, it's still early on that. Like, we don't have right. a ton of details, and some of the details kind of, like, they seem very clear, but they also are just different from what a traditional Battle Royale-style game is. So it'll be interesting to see what it shakes out to be at the end. Yeah. All right, this is the point where I'm going to go, like, the Micro Machines guy through the game releases for October all right, uh, October 1st, which already passed, we got FIFA 22. That's on every current and last-gen machine ever made. Uh, Alan Wake Remaster dropped today. PC, PlayStation, Xbox. Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan. This is a game I've seen a lot of people talking about. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, also today. Um, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, Wasteland 3, Cult of the Holy Detonation, also today, that's DLC, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Far Cry 6, that drops on Friday, I think that's if you're the pre-order, right, I think maybe the the actual release is the following Tuesday, but anyway, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Stadia, ooh, a Stadia game, (laughs) oh man, here we go, man, Friday, Oh, that's Thursday, Friday, October 8th. I'm still on the fence about picking it up. Metroid Dread. I want to play it, but I don't want to steal my kids' Switch all the time to play I it. Say, poor I might wait. Kids. I might wait till it till Best Buy has a physical copy on sale. Um, Nintendo Switch, the OLED model, also comes out October 8th. I saw another article talking about the Switch OLED dock is going to have a 4k mode so even though the nintendo switch oled doesn't the dock may support a 4k mode and there's been a lot of rumors about nintendo telling developers to start supporting 4k who knows i guess we're going to find out more i just put a little note in there because i saw that interesting uh tetris effect on switch that's october 8th 
Book of Travels, PC, October 11th. Back for Blood, October 12th. Oh, man, it feels like I've been waiting forever for this. PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Game Pass. If you're on Game Pass, there's no reason not to install mm-hmm. Back for Blood and at least check it out. Uh, I know there's going to be a bunch of us playing it. I know Kicked has been waiting for that for a long time, so I'll be playing that with him probably a lot. <laughs> Disco Elysium Final Cut Xbox and Switch, October 12th. Ori, the collection on Switch. So if you haven't played any of the Ori games and you have a Switch, here you go. Little Golf Journey, PC and Switch, October 14th. Sphere Flying Cities, uh, PC, October 14th. Crisis Remastered Trilogy, that's on everything but the Switch, October 15th. Demon Slayer, the Hikonami Chronicles, PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, October 15th. Uh, the Good Life, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, October 15th. Story of Season, Friends of Mineral Town, PlayStation, Xbox, October 15th. Tandem, Tale of Shadows, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, October 21st. Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes, that's basically on everything but the Switch, October 22nd. Jumanji Video Game Enhanced Edition, PS5 exclusive, October 22nd. Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, which I believe is based on the Avengers engine from Square Enix, right? That's hitting everything, yep. including the Switch, October 26th. And it's a single player only, not like... Uh, oh, it's not a co-op thing like no. uh, Avengers is. All right. Pumpkin Jack New Gen Edition, PS5, Series X, October 27th. Age of Empires 4, PC, October 28th. I know a lot of people have probably been waiting for that. Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, October 28th. Riders Republic, that's on everything, including Stadia, but minus Switch, October 28th. Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars on the Switch, eighth. Mario Party Superstars on the Switch, October 29th. And then Nerf Legends, that same day for everything except Stadia. Whew! All right, game release is done. Lots of cool stuff. Like I said, there's a few. For me, the big ones this month would be uh, Metroid Dread and uh, Back for Blood. Um, but community updates, Thursday night's game night. This Thursday, October 7th, is Splitgate. We had a lot of fun playing that last time. Yes, we did. And I haven't played it since they added the mantle in, so that may make it even more fun. Oh, that's in there now? They just added it, yeah. Oh, wow. uh, right, October 12th, and let's hope that everything's working fine because October 12th, Back for Blood is on the community game night because it's on Game Pass. October 21st, we're going to go back to Halo 5 where we have boosting and ground pounding. October 28th, if the servers are still working and you can still play, we're going to give Titanfall 2 a shot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That poor the game. saga of that poor game, right? And then Friday Night Fight Club, last week we did a Virtua Fighter 5 FS, and now it was on sale on the Xbox Marketplace, and a couple people grabbed it that didn't grab it before, but they didn't show up, and that's okay. Um, this Friday, I think we'll probably do VF5FS again, but we may branch into other games. Fenrir, what is going on in the Club of Books? Well... The book club is reading The Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Kowal. Uh, Anthem picked it. It's 
Looks like it takes place in 1952. A huge meteorite falls to Earth and obliterates much of the East Coast of the United States, including Washington, D.C. So it sounds like it's going to be a little bit of a kind of a post-apocalyptic world and mm. kind of taking place in the past though at the same time. So I hope that those of you that enjoy the paper variety will pick it up, read it, listen to it, however you like to digest your books and enjoy it, but come join the book club and chat about it in that channel. So I know hybrid and Anthem and a few others are really excited to get into that conversation as well. So I also would like to take a moment to invite every one of our listeners, if you haven't already joined our Discord server, come over to theadultgamer.com and click on our link into our Discord server and come join the fun. Come talk with us about video games. Come talk about life. You know, whatever it is. We are adults. We live and do things, but we also enjoy playing video games. If you're interested in joining our show, we'd love to have you. We record on the first and third Tuesday of every month, and we just kind of like go over some of the news that's recent and go into a deep dive about some topic, and you can help pick that topic if you're passionate about something. We'd love to have you on to chat about anything that you feel is very important in the gaming world or something that may just have a lot of uh, back and forth and debate with. So come join us. Come have some fun. Again, come to theadultgamer.com and join our Discord today. But until then, here's another deep dive for you. I have had this thought lately, Hop, about games that we love. You know, I think about Halo, what we've played a lot recently with the flight, as well as MCC and Halo 5 and all those things. I think about other series like Gears. I think about Mass Effect uh castlevania if you will metal gear i I mean i guess i can keep going down the list of some of these big franchises that have several games inside their belts and what i think about with them is they've evolved over time they've changed they become different and in some ways for in the they've become good and better with obviously technology and graphics and storytelling but sometimes they kind of miss a beat. Like they lose out on something. So my question to you is, are video game purists bad for gaming? Do they hold gaming back or do they make unreasonable demands for developers? Because this conversation has come up mainly because of the Halo flight that has come out the last few months you know it seems like every flight there's people complaining it's not like halo 3 or it's not like halo 2 or it's not like this it's not like that i wish that they didn't get rid of the these five things that were in halo 4 you know or you know and this might strike a little closer to home for you but like gears you know gears 4 and 5 has obviously moved in a very different direction and you know, is that bad? Like, are you Mr. Hop that thinks those series have lost their step? Like, are you a purist in the gears world? Do you hold, do you demand and clamor for, you know, shake your fists at coalition and demand that they come back to the gears one, two and three days? 
So uh, I, I don't know if I'd shake my fist at them. I kind of pulled a George Costanza and said, it's not you, it's me, and kind of just gently walked away. Okay. <laughs> but so my point, though, is our gaming, our purists of our medium of choice, which is video games, are they holding things back? And, and maybe not... Let me rephrase that because they're obviously not holding things back because things are obviously moving forward without them. Uh, But are they creating a sense of, I don't want to say hostility or animosity, maybe is a better word, or just kind of general Either of those might kind of work. Disdain. Yeah, it's it's a tough line to toe, and I get like so... All right, let's go back to the to the Halo series. Like there was Halo One, and it was great. And then Halo Two came out, and they added dual wielding and things. And I think most people liked Halo Two a lot, um, and it added online play. There were a couple things like, I mean, obviously the the pistols really sucked in Halo Two, but that's because the pistol was really powerful in Halo One. Like they kind of they one eighty'd everything. Instead of trying to balance everything, and maybe it was because of the dual wielding, I don't know. Halo 3, I think, was better balanced overall. It had a good sandbox to play in. Um, you know, and then Bungie, uh, they developed uh, ODST and Reach. Reach was an experiment. They added the powers. Um, felt like Reach was a little bit of a misstep. Then 343 took over. They rebalanced Reach. I felt like Reach was better after that. They fixed the bloom. They tweaked some of the guns. And then we got Halo 4, which 343 really, like, experimented with some stuff, right? They added, like, um, a score-based loadout drop and some new powers and actually having loadouts, which I liked. I thought that was cool. I did understand that it ruined the kind of the map balancing of fighting over areas. But at the same time, I really enjoyed that game a lot. I had a lot of fun with Halo 4. I liked the art style. I liked having sprint built in. There were a lot of things I liked about that. And then we got 5. They kind of took some of the stuff from 4 and kept it like sprinting. And a couple new abilities, but they were built into every Spartan and not just like on loadouts. And they added the power weapons back. I thought that was a great balance for multiplayer. And that's why, for me, Halo 5 has been one of the better ones in recent years. A nice mix of Halo 3 and 4 going forward. So, yeah, I don't I don't know how much really the purists have an effect on the developers. I know that the newest Halo does seem to have a lot of influence from the hard core old school halo 3 was the best and you can't change my mind crew because halo infinite feels a little bit more like three in the fact that the all the abilities are now tied to those power up pickups um you can sprint but it's slower than it's ever been it's slower than it was in five and it's slower than it was in four so i don't know i mean what are your thoughts on the halo evolution where are you at finn and you know as far as the purists interfering. I'm probably the worst person to ask on this. <laughs> ah. uh, um, so here's my, my, I guess, shtick before I actually, before I go into that, I'm going to Sith was talking about in the, in the server about how people got so mad about sprint being added to halo. And I remember those days where 
they thought the sky was falling, right? They just lost their damn minds because you could run a little bit faster for a brief moment in time in Halo 4, right? And it just went, like, people went apeshit, and they were like, we'll never play this game again. Well, then it obviously changed. So going back to your question, like, thinking about Halo specifically, I guess, I would have to say... I am of the mind that you adapt with the times. You can't kind of just be stuck in this way of thinking that the game is always going to be as good as it was 15 years ago. Right. And, oh, dude, I totally agree. And yes, Halo 3 was probably some of my f- most favorite time playing Halo. But now... Halo 3 feels like running through mud mixed with molasses while, you know, being shot with a fr- cryo gun. Like, I, it's just, I feel so slow in that game, and I just don't feel like I'm moving anywhere. So, I really think that the way games have moved... I mean, Call of Duty went from uh, World War II to Modern Warfare to Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare back to Modern Warfare. and But they still felt like you were moving in the right direction where the technology of our games are catching up to more lifelike movements where you can actually sprint, jump, climb over things and do things that you would envision a top tier operative to be able to do right. Not just kind of run in a straight line, turn, shoot, whatever. So in a roundabout way, what I'm saying is you adjust the times, right? You, you, you grow. If technology gets better, so you can add more abilities and movement, then that's what you do. Hybrid havoc said it really great in the server. He's like halo infinite feels different enough to me that it's going to take me some time to to kind of like adjust and learn this this game this the meta in this game but once i do it'll be fine right once i play it enough i won't even think about halo 3 or mcc or all those other games anymore i see we got mr sith warrior up here now so thank you for inviting me ah yeah Tell me what's uh what's your thoughts about this purist debate? I guess I could just more comment on gears. Do it. Let's do it, Sith. Let's do it. I'm with you, man. Because that Let's is one game. Where, like, yeah. I'll be you right back. I, have... I will let you guys have some time. <laughs> All right. Because yeah, both of us both played the series as it came out. Yeah. Unlike uh, Halo, I didn't really get to play Halo 2 online and experience all that. I came in at Halo 3, so I feel like I can't fully comment on Halo. But for Gears, I can. Uh, yeah, what I really liked was like in Gears 1, 2, and 3, uh, learning the maps was a big deal. Uh, the maps, none of them were, like, they weren't very generic. Every map was like very unique in each game, essentially. And like anything that was like the best of, 
they would always bring it into the next uh, game. Like uh, gridlock. <laughs> oh, the I maps. Think. Yeah, the player, the favorite maps would get remade. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I still feel Sith is kind of that ruined gears a little bit with three, as much as I love three, was when they introduced team deathmatch into gears. When they introduced respawn modes into gears, I always felt gears was a better game when it was a one life per round game. The adrenaline was higher, the tension was higher. You you had to know the maps, you had to work as a team. If your team was good, you could beat anybody else's team, even if they had like five excellent players but they weren't team working. If your team was just five average guys, but you guys were using teamwork, you could beat those better players because of the teamwork, because of the one spawn. Um, I, I really felt like the team deathmatch mode added to Gears 3 kind of, that was almost like, that was the first nail in the coffin before what they did with Gears 4. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I agree with that because my favorite in Gears 1 and 2 was always the regular Warzone. Warzone. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. That was the shit, dude. Because that play. was like, you had to risk. Yeah. It's like, the torque bow is, uh, if you're on subway, the torque bow yeah. is in that uh, train that's in the bottom, but the sniper up top could see you from there. Yep. He had to risk it if he could get you or not. Oh, dude, we used to always have plans for that. I can remember Gus screaming <laughs> Screaming at Gluteus for not covering him when he went to go get the bow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah that that's what I miss about Gears and and them adding Team Deathmatch to three due to like almost public demand and peer pressure and the popularity of Call of Duty. I think um, kind of did that. But even though they did that in Gears three. I still I still felt like the map layouts were still yeah, focused agreed. around Warzone or Execution. Yes. Yeah, and uh overall um that's my favorite gears of of the original 3 uh is 3. I loved it. I I loved the horde mode, I loved the story. The PVP was was awesome even though they it did become more and more about the respawn modes. Um I know you and I have talked at length about Gears 4 and 5. I just felt like the multiplayer didn't feel right in either of those games to me. At least I, I know what they were trying to do. It just didn't click with me. And yeah. that's where I pulled the George Costanza. It's not you, it's me. And I just kind of, especially 5. 4 was okay. I, I had fun with 4, especially when there was a bunch of us playing it. But 5 did not feel good from the beginning. Yeah. I couldn't get uh... into it. As you know, they're updating the franchise for a new uh, generation yeah, new to get into it. Yeah. Uh, they're the. I think the main goal was accessibility, and I think that turned off a lot of us, because I remember at least with Gears two and three, I would get new people into the game, and like maybe after like a few nights because of how deep the learning curve was and to get in to get into the game it would just turn off people completely on the series oh yeah yeah there was a big learning curve for sure no yeah and i think gears 4 they tried to really combat that and i feel like one of the issues is 
the damage output of guns was just way, like, way too crazy. And, like, how far you could be to take out someone was just, like, so wacky when you came from Gears 3. And for a short time on Gears 5, they did change it. Uh, I guess they put it in more in the rank set, uh, rank. Because then that's another tuning. thing. Yeah, that's another thing they messed up. Was then after if you play casual, there's one type of weapon tuning. Right. You go into rank, and it's a different because it was geared more towards, I guess, the uh, esports crowd for ranked. And the ranked settings were actually really good. <laughs> so, you know. Not to get into the Gears of War debate anymore. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, I think Hop nailed the nailed it on the head for him, and I think it should be the right approach to this whole conversation. Is when gaming kind of moves on, recognizing your off ramp, right? Realizing, go. Maybe this isn't it for me anymore. Yeah, and, maybe I should play something else. <laughs> yeah. And instead of going to Twitter and going take, right to the internet and yeah. bitching about everything and calling yeah. other people losers because they like something better. <laughs> yeah. Or harass the lead developer. developer. Yeah. You know, and that's <laughs> kind of where I think like becoming a purist is almost toxic, right? you hold so tightly on what was great and good on something and you just go and you just tear into people who try to move forward with something. I mean, I love Castlevania symphony and I, I love super Metroid. Those are some of my favorite games. And while they are kind of timeless games and they could probably be played at any point in time, I am so thankful that we got, current metroid games i'm so thankful that we got you know lords of the shadow um in castlevania because those games were awesome and fun to play i I really like the first lords of the shadow i actually haven't even played the second one it got pretty mixed reviews but i do own it i just haven't played it yet (laughs) but yeah so it's just like it's stuff like that that really just allows me to like go if you held on to the original or the this the idea the the fantasy that you create in your brain of how great something was in the past it becomes evil or not evil but toxic or you know just distorted there we go that's the word distorted and you can't let it go so you can't enjoy the new one right for me I really get to enjoy games because I see them for what they are. A, you know, a hobby that is meant to be fun and take you out of kind of the day-to-day grind that you're living. And and you get to go on an adventure in a way that somebody else has obviously created and curated for you. And you can have fun with it. Yeah, there's terrible games out there. I'm not saying that, but... I'm not going to sit here and go off and go screw this. I'm not playing this because it doesn't match the fantasy that I created in my mind. If I would have done that, I would have hated mass effect Andromeda. Was it a great game? Not really. It had a lot of issues. If it probably didn't have a mass effect name on it, 
it probably would have been just a fine game with a lot of bugs in it. Nothing worse than most, you know, Bethesda games that come out, like large scale Bethesda games like Skyrim and Elder Scrolls and things like that. But I could have easily been like, nope, not doing it because it's not Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3 and doesn't play the same way. And they got rid of the uh, a true Paragon Renegade system. And why would I even bother playing that? Like, no, I enjoyed the hell out of that game. And yeah, another can of worms is the uh, legendary. <laughs> yeah, that isn't. A lot of people are upset that it's not like true, like a faithful. Yeah, like I don't understand that, right? And some people mm-hmm. are upset over the most ridiculous things, like oh, they don't have butt shots of Miranda anymore. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? That's the thing that you're gonna like, you know, that's the cross you're gonna die on about the fact that they don't have butt shots of a CGI character. Come on, dude. And you know it's a dude bitching and moaning about it. So, like, get ah, get the fuck out of here. So, anyways. And the thing is, like, if you want... Uh, uh, this is just, like, the same people that bitch about movie adaptations or remakes of movies. They didn't take the other one away. Like, No, exactly. If you want to see that butt go boot up the disc, the, the 360 disc, it's backwards compatible, or go get a 360, or just go to YouTube and pull up a video and just stare at her ass, but shut the fuck up. Like, who <laughs> cares? Jeez. It's That's ridiculous. what we need. 24-hour, like, clip of Miranda's ass from Mass Effect 2. Just yeah. shaking. Oh, All right. Just put it on loop. <laughs> Tony, uh, I think you have a job now, or you at least have a hobby for the next four days. He does. Does Tony even like Mass Effect? I don't know. He probably hates it. He probably thinks it's the worst game ever because it doesn't have, you know, I don't know. What the fuck is Tony? There it is. He's never played it. Why am I surprised? Like, I don't know. I'm moving on. Anyways, Pyrrhus. Uh, so- Tony, we, we uh, hold on. Uh, I'm just going to, Tony, we addressed the Battlefield thing they're not allowing because the next gen version supports double the amount of players, but at least on the series X, you can install the Xbox one version of battlefield. If you want to play with all of your Xbox one friends that haven't been able to find an Xbox series X yet. So anyway, that's, that's all right. Yeah. All right. So, you know, one of the reasons this whole conversation came up is because, you know, I'm still an infant at Twitter right now. Uh, I told you, it's bad. I do it wrong. Anyways. <laughs> and it came up because like I I you know, I'm just trying to follow all the right people. Like I'm trying to follow the people that are, you know, pushing things out in a more positive way or at least trying to help things grow and not be, you know, dicks and just trashing things cuz it's the cool thing to do, right? So I'm I'm fine with you criticizing something. I'm fine with you saying like, "Hey, in Halo Infinite, the repulsor kind of seems useless at times, uh, so it shouldn't be on certain maps because of it." Like that to me is a criticism, not you know coming out there and just saying, "You know what? The repulsor is a shitty equipment, never included anywhere." Like. 
And they would follow up with like, and it would never have made sense in Halo 3, by the way. Well, no one, of course it wouldn't make sense in Halo 3, because Halo 3, even canically, was like years before all the stuff that's going on in Halo Infinite now. So, anyways, it, it's like the most common ground. So Reddit, Twitter, Twitter, Reddit, Twitter, um, I guess anywhere you find a gaming group, except for the adultgamer.com, we seem to be pretty good at having decent conversations that don't devolve into just name bashing and whatever but i found that like people find their biggest voice and then they just latch on to people who agree to them and not really try to grow and learn different things so what do you do i guess besides just kind of like saying well maybe it's not for me anymore and moving on like do you find yourself kind of like still trying to gut check yourself through gears or games that you've loved in the past but you really just kind of want to give them the the fair shake to make through um i mean like i'm at the point now fen between like my interests and my free time if i don't really like a game i'll probably stop and but I'm not gonna go and hate bash it, you know what I mean? I'll just say yeah, it wasn't for me or whatever. Kind of like, like with Gears Five, I gave it I gave it a chance a few times of multiplayer. Even the whole Maximus crew came out and we we tried it for a couple of weeks, but it just it just didn't gel with any of us really. And uh, that was kind of the writing on the wall, I think, for Maximus ever coming back to Gears. We'll see how Gears Six feels. I mean, I'll be able to play it because of Game Pass, but. You know, I always give a game that if I'm interested in a fair shot. I'm not going to I'm not going to let somebody else tell me it's garbage. You know, if it's somebody I really trust their opinion, like I would trust Sith's opinion on Gears if Sith tells me Gears 6 pretty much plays like Gears 5, I'll still probably check it out just to see and then go, "Oh yeah, he was totally right about that." But <laughs> I'm not going to let some person I don't know and don't respect their opinion kind of sway me into not playing a game, right? Even if I'm interested in it. Yeah, like uh, I gave Halo, f- or I mean Gears Five, a good chance. I played it. You gave time. it way more of a chance than I did. You actually yeah. went back and played it some more. Yep, I went and because now they do like a battle pass thing, so I went and filled out the battle pass. And I think as soon as I finished filling out the battle pass, they tweaked the settings, and I was like, okay, I'm done now. Because now it's back to like how it was at launch when I didn't like Ugh. it. All yeah. right. Well, I I do appreciate your guys' input, and I know, like, and I kind of knew this would be an interesting topic because I know you, the way you guys feel about gears and how you've played the hell out of that game in the first f- three iterations, and with four and five, you kind of waned off with it. But I know, like, it, when Gears Six inevitably comes out, I know you guys will definitely play it. And at the you know. at the very least, go through the story, right? Oh so. yeah. Well, so a game series. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, just to just to show that I'm not always like it's always the old ones that are the best or whatever. Um, the Diablo series, Diablo one was fun on PC. I played a little bit, and I had a PlayStation copy, and that was fun to play because I could play with my buddy on the couch co-op, even though the loading time sucked. And then I played Diablo 2 on PC when it originally came out, and that was a lot of fun. 
And uh, then I played Diablo 3 when that came out on 360, and that was a great port. And then we did the, the updated port on Xbox One, which is now all the way updated to be just like the PC. And Diablo 3 is my favorite Diablo. I love that game, especially the Eternal, whatever the newest edition is called, the Eternal Collection or whatever. I tried to go back and play that Diablo 2 remake, the beta or whatever. I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't go back and play the old-style Diablo. Like, no, I like 3 way too much to go back and play mm-hmm. 2. And that's um, kind of like where I am with games, right? But I know there's a freaking viral rampant community that's like, Diablo 2 is the greatest thing that's ever been made. So, And I yeah. get it. That's what they love. That's awesome. It's not for me, though. I, I really, For me, I fell in love with... I liked Diablo 1 and 2. I played them a lot, but I really fell in love with Diablo 3, especially the Xbox One edition. I played a fuck ton of that game. Well, yeah, so it was like I was saying, I just do appreciate your guys' input on that. I, I think you know, I was talking with Cowboy Raptor, shout out to our old buddy, before the show, and I was kind of just meant, he asked what the topic was, and I, and I was like, yeah, purist, and he asked for my opinion, and I told him to guess, and he kind of nailed, nailed on the head, and he said, you know, purists do have an important part in gaming, or in, in, in all mediums, I will extrapolate that too, but he said, one of the things he said that I thought was that rung true in the way I felt was they're good for the reason that they kind of hold the creators and developers of a accountable, accountable to not go way off the rails. And I think a very good example of that is Call of Duty because for a while, Call of Duty was just kind of throwing mud at the walls and seeing what it would stick eventually, like, you know, going into the infinite warfare and they kind of got burned by that. Right. They put themselves in a really tough position with their storytelling and their mechanics and all the things that people kind of like, no, we kind of actually like the near modern futuristic or, you know, recent past kind of stuff. And now they're going way back to world war two and other things. So we'll see what happens, but my point with it is purists do have a role, you know, even though we may, they may be a loud, rambunctious minority in a series or franchise, but they do kind of help remind us of where things were. And hopefully we don't get too lost in the, in the sea that it could be. So I think, uh, you know, while purists have their role to play, I just wish they weren't so toxic about some of the things that they do. Not saying all purists are. There are probably some really good purists out there that are willing to grow with the times, but also not trash things. So anyways, I think that does it for this topic. We've kind of, you know, danced around it pretty well. So Hop, uh, well, actually, no, Sith, uh you want to plug something? You want to shout out to anything? Uh, you kind of jumped in here, gave us some good thoughts here. Uh, not, I don't really have anything to plug in this time. All right. Thanks, Seth, for joining us. It's uh, always good to hear your thoughts on something. Mr. Optimus, 
Sir, you you're up to some big things, man. I am I am well, proud of what you got going just on. Just having fun. Uh, check out the uh, Retro Futurist Culture podcast hosted at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. We have a whole bunch of other cool podcasts. Hit me up on Twitter at Futurist Retro. Got an episode dropping within the next week or so, all about Firefly and Serenity that I recorded with the esteemed Fenrir765. That's going to be a fun one. Um, outside of that, you can find me at the adultgamer.com Discord. Hit me up to play some Black Ops Zombies uh, or, or some Horizon 5 next month. I can't wait to play that. And some Back for Blood coming up soon. What about you, Fen? Yeah, I am the Fenrir765. You can find me on Twitter at the Fenrir765 or on Xbox at Fenrir765. How many times can I say Fenrir765 in such a short amount of time? I do not know. But hit me up. Come find us at theadultgamer.com. We are glad to be here, glad to be talking about video games, glad to be talking about what it is to be a gamer and an adult and just try to find some time to enjoy life. So again, come to theagultgamer.com and join us today. Until then, I will I and Optimus and Mr. Sith Warrior will catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs>